We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpet bag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. Another edition of the Rock Pal Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. Rock Sports Network's Ryan Lasel riding shotgun tonight. Guys, we did it. Hold up your fours. Hold up your fours. Four in a row. It's a not a not a two peat. Not, not a, a three peat. It's a four peat. A four. <laughs> It's got to be an eight peat. You got to hold qualifies, it up like Arn Anderson. That qualifies like Arn Anderson. us as the, that qualifies us as the dragon of the division, right? Like you got to slay the dragon. Four, and and not just four, but four in some of the, one of the most improbable manners of all time. If you've seen the statistics, if you look at the percentages when they were figuring out, oh look at the Bills at six and six, it's all over now. Who's laughing now? <laughs> I mean, they had I wasn't. Two percent <laughs> chance to win the division coming out of the bye week. Who wanted to? F- who wait? Who were these people who wanted to fire our head coach and <laughs> like throw throw our quarterback into the sun? And I still want him fired. Not not. I was just saying. I was just saying on Chris's side. I've been called out a couple times on Twitter, and I have maintained that I have not changed my opinion on Sean McDermott because my opinion has never been he can't lead this team to the playoffs. We'll see if this season if he can do the. The improbable. Do the I, thing. I was one of the people who came back last week and said that my view of him long term hinges on how this season ends. Go out there and do the thing. If you flounder your way, th- if you miss the playoffs, yeah, I think you get excused for stuff like that. Anybody who disagrees, ask Mike Vrabel. Ask Pete Carroll. What happens to you when you're an NFL head coach, regardless of what your previous successes were? 
You know, Mike Vrabel might even be the best example of this. Mike Vrabel won Coach of the Year two seasons ago, he, and now he's unemployed. Two seasons ago, he was Coach of the Year. He led his team to an AFC Championship game. With he, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. He beat Tom Brady at home in the wild card round and ended Tom Brady's career in Foxborough. He's got... Beat, he beat the, the league MVP in Baltimore inside their own house en route to an AFC championship game. He's proven he's a good coach. And yet he's no longer a part of an organization. And then I look at Sean McDermott and I go, what are you doing? Why are you so different? What makes you different than that guy? What makes you different than Pete Carroll, who won a Super Bowl? behind some really inspired defense, which he had a lot to do with. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, just like what a guy who has had his team winning more than losing. Like, think about it. The reason Geno Smith was their quarterback of choice is because they've done so well, they don't qualify for good quarterback picks. So they had to get creative, right? I mean, the Ravens would absolutely be in this position if anyone in the first round was smart and didn't let them trade back into the first to get Lamar or if anybody this offseason who said they didn't want any part of Lamar and said like the Falcons right no no we're good with Taylor Heineke at quarterback or we're good with Desmond Ritter we don't need Lamar Jackson at quarterback imagine what this season would look like if if any of those teams that said nah we're good we don't need we don't need Lamar there are lies there's damn lies and then there's the people out here saying, I'm happy with Desmond Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> you are fucking wild. Those people are idiots. Yeah. And those people are also fired. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't even wait. 12.01 a.m. <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir. Wake up. You are no longer employed with the Atlanta Falcons. I'd like to believe that Arthur Blank went to his house. He was so he, he woke was him so, up. He was so fired. They told him, "No, nah, no, nah, just keep your badge. We'll just deactivate it. You don't need to come in. You We're don't good. Even need to come keep, in. You know what? You keep that iPad. See, We're good. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. As the owner of a team with a guy like that who I'm firing, I would come to your house to get it at one o'clock in the <laughs> Myself, morning. Myself, I like, wouldn't even come. I wouldn't even send security. Give it. Yeah. And you'd be like, "What? <laughs> Give me the badge. It's mine now." It's you always would, been mine. You've been, you've been, been renting it. <laughs> Somebody had the tweet about Arthur Smith being fired. They were like. Guys, he had Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and John U. Smith and all these weapons. Like, he tried everything. He grew a mustache. He shaved the mustache. <laughs> he cut his hair once. He yelled at another coach for scoring too many points. What more do you want him to do? Such a bad look. That team so gave up. <sighs> and yet, much like we thought the Buffalo Bills were a team that were giving up, look at us now. Look at us now, baby, and welcome to our Week 18 recap as the Buffalo Bills 21, Dolphins 14. Let me hit you with my stats of the game. Tua, 17-27, 62%, 173 yards, one touchdown, two picks, and a 62.7 rating. Josh, 30 of 38 for 79%. A Bills quarterback completing almost 80% of his passes is wild. In any capacity, it'll still be foreign to me. 359 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, 101.6 passer rating. Four runs of 10 or more yards, which is fucking wild. 
First quarterback in NFL history, 350-plus passing yards, 65-plus rushing yards, and a completion percentage of greater than 75%. In how, a, how many more firsts? In a back-against-the-wall, gotta-have-it game. People go MVP. Oh, well, I can make an argument for Jesse. Here's my argument. How many more firsts do I have to have tied to a guy's name before somebody goes, you know, he might be the most valuable guy in the league. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the first player to do this. He's the first player to do that. He could be the first player to walk on Mars, and they'd still be debating about, well, you know, Dak Prescott. Well, yeah, but you know that interception he threw in the first quarter, right? That was a bad interception. <laughs> this game is a perfect thing. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But with my stats, wide receiver Tyreek Hill, 7 of 13. 7 of 13, 82 yards, one touchdown. No other Miami wide receiver had more than 30 yards. So you could see where the eyes were going, and it wasn't hard to... Wide receiver Khalil Shakir, perfect 6 of 6, three first downs, second 100-yard game of the season. Defensive end Greg Rousseau, four pressures, two quarterback hits. Two hurries, which led the team. Mm-hmm. Miami cornerback Eli Apple. Nine catches on 12 targets, 141 yards. One pick, one touchdown. Oh, wait. One pick, one touchdown given up in coverage. He's allowed five touchdowns on the season. Yeah, and now he gets to go he play gave up Pat five, Mahomes and Arrowhead. He gave up five first downs in the season, like in this game. Like, that's wild. Miami, first half rushing, 100 yards. Second half rushing, eight. Yeah. Eight. And 13. 13 is the number of consecutive games that Josh Allen has at least two touchdowns passing against Miami, which is an NFL record for a quarterback against one franchise. First of all, cheers. To the victor go the spoils. Now, for those of you wondering, we are, his name is Kanan, okay, because we, uh, I, in fact, I sent him the, uh, I sent him the, uh, all, you know, Dumb and Dumber, where it's like, Samsonite, I was way off, I'm like, is it Kelvin, was his name Kevin, <laughs> no, it's Kanan, I was way off, it's Holstetter's Slow and Low, Rock and Rye, which is straight rye whiskey, rock candy, raw honey, bitters, and navel orange. It's essentially old-fashioned in a bottle. It's delicious. I'm a huge fan. Cheers. As we toast to what is another AFC's crown. That's right. Four in a row. Chris, cheers. Cheers. (sighs) Booze tastes better. I feel like the air smells a little cleaner. Coffee tastes better. I don't know. There's just something about crushing the hopes and dreams of Miami Dolphins fans and their players, because also fuck Jalen Phillips for his nonsense. We're going to talk about that later. It just makes everything a little bit better. What did you do for the game? How, do, how does one watch a game like that? Um, so it's home, right? Kids, bed early. Off you go. You got school in the morning, whatever excuse I want to use. But um, typically when I'm home, it's on the couch, solo. Not reclined, sitting on the front portion of the couch with uh, drinks on hand, and uh, I made some queso and chilled back. And 
watch the game on the edge of my seat, literally, because that's the only way I know how to watch football games. See, I just pace the house and swear. It's just, it's just not even swear. Swearing is not a good way to describe what I do. I walk around and I spout the type of negativity that might like to walk around with that kind of hate in your heart might kill most people. Like it would, it would, it would physically hurt you. Or when uh, McDermott is discussing whether or not going for it on fourth down, and you're complaining that he never goes for it, and then when he does go for it, you don't like the play call. Nope. And you're even worse <laughs> about it, about the actual play, than you were about his decision to finally recognize that, hey, in this situation before. This is where I punt, and I rely on my coaching skills with the defense. But I have Josh Allen, so now I'm going to go for it. And then you don't like the play call, and then you act worse. You want to talk about acting worse. This is a fun thing. I'm happy you're here. We get to bring this to the podcast. So I'm in a group chat with Maul and and Mario. (laughs) Paul and Mario. We'll have to isolate that. From Hashtag Sports. We'll use that as the next intro. Our friend Cam Boone, who used to be an intern for the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Uh, he was always at training camp. That's where I met him. That's where I think you met him. That's where I met him through Spencer. Yeah, Spencer German. Okay. Yeah. Spencer German, uh, now Cleveland radio guy. Well, he also writes for SI. Yeah, so anything you read the on SI the Cleveland writer. Browns or the Cleveland Cavs, that's Spencer German. So. so, like, we've got a group chat of guys who do a lot of sports content production, and we'd like to talk productively about sports. We bullshit about our own lives and stuff like that. Well, the rest of of us talk productively about sports. Yeah. (laughs) And so what happens is in games like this, I've made it a thing now where I just show up. Because if I'm celebrating a good thing, I I can talk openly with the people who are in the room with me. I don't need the group chat, which they take offense to. But then also... Well, those of us who are in the chat all game take offense to it because we have dialogue all game long. So here's a bunch of people having a conversation and all of a sudden it's like a side door opened and some lunatic rolls in and just yells at the top of his lungs. I think Adam Kemp or whatever, Alex Kemp, I hope he's abducted by Lebanese terrorists. And then I'm back out of the chat. I'm gone. They're like, it's like a drive-by shooting of just negativity. So Ryan finally kicked me out of the chat in the middle of the game. And then and then what? Then texted you and said I warned you. And what did I say? I regret nothing. I regret nothing. nothing. I regret nothing. I said my piece. You all know how I feel. Chris, it's hard watching football with me, isn't it? It's the worst. It's the worst. And yet you do it. Why? The negativity. I I, I seethe. Awful. <laughs> and the dark places that I go to with my negativity are, I mean, it's its special. My favorite's my dad, who will just see it and be like, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's like, nah, I'm telling my story walking. I'm out of here. I, I swear, my dad watching games with me is shaving, like, more time off of his life. It just is. <laughs> It's like when you drink out of that. It's like the guy in uh, the Last Crusade who drank out of the wrong cup. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yep. I feel like that's what happens to everyone who gets too close to my negativity. So, watching this game and just a roller coaster of emotions, it was one hell of a watch. Yes, it was. It was the most climactic game of my entire. I want to say my adult life watching them in this scenario, because you knew. Think back to our other clinching games, Chris. You knew that they were going to probably roll up Denver 
mm-hmm. when we won things. I mean, we won the division when was that the first one? That was our first division title, first twenty twenty. Yeah. Yep. So you knew we were probably going to go in there and hammer them, and we did, and it was pretty easy. And then twenty twenty one. I think 2021 was the year where it was. No, that was 2020 was. 2020 hey, was the COVID year. 2020 right? was the Dolphins then rolling in here the following week after we'd already clinched and said, hey, we're going to sit our. And all the, all the Dolphins had to do was win. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. So then 2021, I want to say that was the. I don't know. Chris, you want to give it a. Actually, let me see. I've got this. I don't have to make Chris Google it. Um. It was the New York Jets at home. It was the New York Jets at home, and that was the game where Reed got into a fight with a guy. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Reed and a defensive lineman from the New York Jets are behind the play, and my dad goes, hey, isn't that your friend who doesn't swear? <laughs> I look back, and he's just, there, there's haymakers being thrown. He's <laughs> rolling around on the ground. And I asked him afterwards, I go, Reed, what did that guy say to you to get you to react that way? He goes, I actually physically can't repeat it. I go, all right, then I believe you. Get him. So it was a home game against the Jets, but that was, I mean, that was a, it's Zach Wilson. It's the Jets. It's the Jets. Jets. And then you go 2022, and it's us against the Patriots, and it's, I mean, it's a game, but it's not a game. We have the emotional, like, opening kickoff return. Yeah. And then the game starts to get tight, and we have another kickoff return, and you're like, this is, it's meant to be. Yeah. We're meant to win the AFC East. So... I guess it's just, and then the week before that, you know, obviously the Demar. Well, that, Hamlin that's game. the thing. That was the Demar Hamlin game, and then the and then the game after was but New before, England. But before that, we had just pummeled Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Over Christmas weekend, so really, this was the first time that the division title was there, and it was a rivalry game, and it was, hey, we're we you we have the high ground, mm-hmm. and you had to take it. And so to live through that, the anxiety was something. <laughs> it yeah. was, and, and and we had talked on hashtag. We had done you know a preview show. Um, I, I had done one with Joe from from hashtag on Friday night. We we got together because we were both kind of like you know forty eight yeah. hours away. Let's talk about this. And we debated at the end of the show. Would you prefer them to know going in? whether they had a playoff spot or not. Because the way that the season had gone, we had we talked about it multiple times, right? The, the way the season had gone, you go into your bye week six and six, like you, you had these losses against Denver, these losses that you should have won against Philadelphia, like all these losses started to pile up, and it was like just making the playoffs at this point felt like it would have been a win, right, for this mm-hmm. team. But then to go into the last week and go, well, we could have a win and you're the two-seed lose and you're out scenario the the conversation came up would you rather know going in and i said on the show i said for my personal mental health i would rather know because me as a fan knowing they were going to be in the playoffs i was this wasn't the last game i was going to watch this year mm-hmm. the buffalo bills i'd rather that for my own mental health mm-hmm. from a team perspective i felt like they needed the win or or go home type of scenario to really come out hot, not come out flat, not come out and do what they did. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying, what I what I I say all that to say, I was wrong in my mental health capacity because I, as soon as you knew they were in, it was like, oh, I really want the, <laughs> I really want, I that really decision. want the. Division. You get greedy yeah. because that's what you do as a fan. You yeah. go, okay, well now that there's a safety net, right, right. Ah, let's let's hope. Yeah. Exactly. Let's, let's dare to hope. Dare to that. dream, right? 
So this is a celebration. We're not going to grind axes for half the night. No. But at the same time, we're each allowed at least one grievance for the night. I think that that's fair. I think that that's just because this wasn't a perfect game. No, by any means. So I want to go around the room. Chris, if you had one beef to get off your chest about the way the Bills played in this game, what would it be? That would be you. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Bills. I know you can blame watching the game with me. But if you look at something the the Bills did. The the interceptions in the end zone. That's the... And I will tell you that I was in my football pool. I finished the betting season up $30. (laughs) After 18 weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Of gambling. Yeah. So I I was in the running to win $410... For just you pick winners straight up, Eric Smeal. I got Eric Smeal in into my my football pool, and I I think I had three wrong for the whole the whole day and Saturday too. And it came down to me and this other person. We each had the bills. They had total of forty points. I had a total of forty four. Those two <laughs> touchdown, those two interceptions in the end zone really <laughs> fucked me because then that would have meant. I'd probably win $410 to end the betting season. Well, the funny thing about that, if you're talking about the turnovers, we had 300, at one point in the game, 305 yards of offense and seven points. Yeah. That's crazy. You've gone the length of the field three times, and you have seven points. Yeah, you had, you had seven points at one point. Like If you think about this like contextually, you had seven points at one point. You only score 21 for the entire game. You know how many three and out drives the Bills had? Not a one. None. Not a single three and out That's drive. That's the most damning fact All of the game. game. Like, so, so is that your beef? No. My okay. beef is, what, what are we doing with our timeouts? Like, we're still doing this with timeouts. Because Sean how McDermott. valuable how valuable would that timeout have been when Ty, when Ty Johnson got stonewalled at, at the goal line? How valuable would it have been to just go, timeout, two seconds, now I can make the decision to go get points, or do I trust Josh Allen to go fourth and one? And for all the criticism that I think people unfairly give Sean McDermott when it comes to his willingness to go in scenarios he should go, He's been pretty good this season, really throughout his career for the most part. I think it was, um, you know, he, he by and large, when he's supposed to go, he goes. And when he goes, he gets it, right? He had the call late in the game where he went for it to try to seal the game, didn't get it, but it was the right call to go, mm-hmm. right? But I, it would have been really super interesting to see what their approach was there because they took the time out when Stefan Diggs caught that pass across the middle. I was like, what are, what, are, what are you doing? Like, run up and, and clock it, you know? And, and Mario from Hashtag was like, well, I get it. You know, he's thinking defensively. Um, you know, you want to give your offensive players an opportunity to catch their breath. They had been up and down the field. I'm like, yeah, but so would the defense. And the defense didn't have an opportunity to, 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 to sub. Like, there were a lot of factors that came into it. But, man, how great would have how, – how much easier maybe would the second half have looked if you just had that timeout? Even if it's line. ten, even if it's ten fourteen going into halftime, yeah, you go. It's a completely hey, different football here we game. go. Well, this is it. To his point, all those turnovers. What kind of a boat race might this be if Allen scores that first touch? Because the, Gabe Davis is open. If he well, throws if, the ball to where Gabe if, went, if, if, if versus Ga- where he thought Gabe was going to be, if Gabe Davis does what you're supposed to do on a blitz, yes, it's a touchdown, right? Like 
you learn that at Pop Warner football. And this was me and Mario had this conversation on hashtag Mario played D3 football well, at the highest level of D3, right? Like, and you're taught that. I mean, it's replace. D3. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, but he went to play. Mar- Mario, he, he played- Mario, I'm looking at you right now in the camera. I'm looking at you. It's D3. I'll give, I'll give Mario the credit. He went to Mount Union. That's no small feat, I know. right? So, I know. I'm just but breaking at the, his giant balls. But at the oh, I mean, giant bald balls yeah but the the <laughs> the fact remains like dig uh davis like it's a blitz you're the hot read cut the route sit down turn around catch the ball like yep. that's what he's supposed to do there now what i'll say is this idea that like okay so we throw in a red zone interception there are we up to 21 we're up to what 21 points right now with my grievance plus ryan's yeah, the timeout at the end of the half and the two at least yeah, at least seventeen. Already, 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 at, least, at least seventeen. You're at seventeen points now. It's seventeen fourteen going into halftime, and then you watch the shit show that the Dolphins become in the second half, and you go, "What could this have been? Like well, this didn't have to be this stressful." You may and it could have been 31, 31, 14. <laughs> And that's my grievance is that you all could have done this so much better and so much differently, and you just didn't. Yeah, you just didn't. And that's on you. That's your fault. You you chose not to. I don't know. You chose not to make it happen. And well, you can't. You you came out flat. You right? came out flat, and or at least you did. You weren't flat. You weren't flat right up until these critical moments where it mattered. Yeah. And here you're talking about Gabe Davis, and people go, "Well, you know, you he's he's a good talent. You make exceptions." Blah 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 blah. Gabe Davis made the same mistake that Chase Claypool made late in the game. Now, that first interception for the Bills can't cost you the game. It's too early. Mm-hmm. Chase Claypool made the same type of mistake where you just didn't run the route your quarterback needed given the situation with the pass rush, and you didn't know that. Well, How do you get on the football field being big and tall and long and I'm supposed to be a safety blanket, and then I don't actually know what the needs of my quarterback are? Well, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll actually counter that because McDaniel talked about that interception in his mm-hmm. post-game presser, and he said that Rap lined up further out, so ended up further outside than we thought he was going to be. So what we talked about post-game was that's like the game within the game, and that was a Sean McDermott beat McDaniel in that yeah. situation because Taylor Rap was not... Josh McDaniel operates extremely well and similar to Kyle Shanahan when defenses are where they're supposed to be, right? Like when you play fundamental defense, oh, yeah. I have an offense that's going to boat race you, right? Yep. But as soon as you start to get like these little quirks and these little tweaks and defenses, like, like hey, Sean McDermott tends to bring, like a safety's I'm a little stand, bit further I'm outside. Gonna, I'm going to stand 10 feet farther yeah, to the right. Stand, and they go, he could bend that outside. And the, but you're t- in a game of inches, that 10 feet, Absolutely. Like, to, to the layperson listening to this podcast, they go, 10 feet, what, what does it mean? Well, it's 10 feet. Keep in mind, that was a diving interception. That's extra That's the leverage. difference between him getting there or him not getting there. He, he basically got a head start onto what was the game ceiling interception. Yeah. And so you have to know not to throw the ball, or you at least have to communicate to your quarterback, hey, be careful. But you didn't know. Well, and there was still time on the clock. It's almost like you saw Tyree Kill come off the field. And, and, said, and it's like you as an offensive coach might go, run the maybe ball. I don't want to throw the ball to Chase Claypool in this situation. Maybe Let me give Tyreek a ball. play. Yeah, maybe I should give Tyreek a playoff. Maybe I could call a swing pass to Devon A-Chain uh, you know, mm. or, or some type of a, you know, something to, to Jeff Wilson in that situation. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm going to throw it to the guy who's got four targets all season. I'm going to call his number right now. 
McDermott's timeouts were also hilarious in the fact that somebody that I know recommended that we put him in a, uh, we basically, he should have an, Sean McDermott should have an assistant on hand at all times whose job is to follow him up and down the sidelines. And the second they see him going to make a timeout motion or going to talk to the ref, they just grab him. It's a big guy who can just grab him and hold his hands down and just be like, not, not. And he has to check with another person before he's allowed to go. Like, you just squeeze him and then you make him (laughs) talk to somebody else and justify the timeout he's about to take. Because what I didn't like, and that was my big grievance, was here I go, I go, this team is fracturing. We're making mistakes. We're sloppy. And then our coach goes into halftime and they go, coach, that last thing, whatever. And he immediately just throws Josh under the bus. That throw has to be blah, blah, blah. It has to be here. It can't be in the field of play. So you're blaming your coach. So to paraphrase, I created a bad situation that we have no timeouts. And now I'm mad that my quarterback didn't do well in the bad situation I created. What is that? Now, it's obvious by the way that the players and the coaches for all these people who want to go, oh, they hate each other. It's very obvious, Chris, to everybody who's not a moron that they do well, correct? Yeah. Okay. They, they, they're they fine. I think it, I think it, at worst, there's an indifference Winning between the two. Winning fixes a lot exactly. of the shit. It's what we've exactly. talked about. I don't think they actively dislike each other. I think they're, at worst, there's an indifference between the two where they just... I'm on the offense, you're on the defense. Like, let's worry about your side of the ball. As long as we win games, we're good, right? But to hear that from our coach really fucking ground my gears. Because yeah. I go, are you shitting me? You're you're blaming him. You're blaming him for the fact that we couldn't call a timeout there and then decide, do we go for the touchdown or just kick the field goal? And go... But this is a celebration. Absolutely. So we want to move forward talking about some funnier things, like the Dolphins' wild ineptitude. Oh my gosh, they're so bad. Let's talk about it. I've been so excited all week. Imagine that for all of our gripes, personally about the Bills' play, the things that we just talked about the Bills, the things that we've been bitching about the Bills for the last month, at least they had some semblance of composure in the moments that mattered. The Dolphins? How do you as a Dolphins fan... And here's why I love the fact that they were on hard knocks in season. Yeah. How do you as a Dolphins fan, because like when things go wrong for the Bills, you can at least go, well, at least they're a tight group behind the scenes. We don't know that. We just assume. Yeah. Because that's what we're told. You get to watch that team and you get to watch the job their coaches are doing, dealing with the lead up to the game and the fallout of the game and the way that their coaches handle all of the like. You and I were talking about it before we sat down tonight. Just about the fact that Mike McDaniels, he's this guy. Don't add an ass, McDaniel. McDaniel? McDaniel. Is that it? It's Josh McDaniels and it's Mike McDaniel. They're both assholes. (laughs) They're both assholes. And I think I called him Josh McDaniel earlier in the show. It's fine. That's what I mean. They're just interchangeable buttholes. They don't matter. What I know is... When I watch a guy like that address a room full of athletes and I see the looks on their faces, like that's delicious theater. Guys, if you haven't, find a I place. I highly recommend. Find a place to go stream the go last watch, episode. Yeah, the episode of on Max, episode eight. Yeah. Of the highly recommend. Dolphins Hard Knocks thing, because I'll tell you what I'll tell you what my favorite part is. You get to watch a team that looks cooked. Yeah. 
And the reason they look cooked is because you've got a coach who seems like the kid who's cool because he has an in-ground swimming pool. Everybody likes you because of the things you can do for them, and they like you as long as the pool's open, right? Like, everybody's your friend, everybody's a cheerleader for you because the pool's open and you're having a great time. When the pool gets closed and then you find out, like, oh, this kid collects stamps? Oh, he, 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 he likes bugs? Like, that's his hobby is bugs? Fucking weirdo. And you just start to disassociate. What you're watching is a group of guys who were basically told, listen, I'm going to make you the best versions of yourselves. You heard it. His phone call with Tua that got him all this internet, this viral fame. The him with his sweatpants leg rolled up and his I wish it was colder shirt. Yeah, do you now, asshole? Yeah. Good luck. It's going to be negative three. <laughs> this guy who is cool, he's cool coach, and I'm smart coach, except you're not. Right. You're not fundamentally intelligent when it comes to the game of football. And it's why when you go up against Sean McDermott, there are many occasions where you find yourself outcoached, outgunned, outdone in a game that you have in hand. Mm -hmm. This is now the second time that we've ended a season with a win over the Dolphins where they not only had a lead, but had a significant tactical advantage over us. And yet, here we are. And then that coach has the nerve to go into an amphitheater full of athletes and start talking to them about it's about adversity, guys, and you just gotta you just gotta fight through the adversity. We just have to fight through the adversity. How how far do you think it would have gone for him to just admit, hey guys, I fucked us by not running the football? Just to be open and candid, say, guys, I made a mistake. I I had some lapses in judgment. There's a couple things with that with the with that episode that are worth are worth mentioning. What one is like you mentioned the difference in terms of accountability. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't I don't know if he said it or not. He could have, and, and they just didn't air it. But there was a scene early in the episode. It was right at so the episode opens right after the Ravens' loss. It's the first day back to work after the Ravens' loss, right? And there's a scene where Duke Riley walks into the linebackers' meeting room, and the linebackers' coach is there, and the linebackers' coach says something to the effect of, I've got to put you guys in a better position. I'm going to do better. Duke Riley, you can hear him kind of go, ah, nah, you know, kind of like, ah, don't worry about a coach type of thing. And then McDaniel gets up in front of everybody, and it's like, we've got to come overcome this adversity. We've got to do better. We've got to, you know, there's, there's no accountability. The other thing that I noticed was during those speeches that he gave, if you watch, they pan to the players. Tyree kills twirling his hair. He's not paying attention. You know, <laughs> no, normally it. when there's motivational speeches going on, you watch these players and there's nodding. There's intent eye contact. There's there's engagement going on. These guys are laid back in their chair. They're rolling like rolling their eyes. They're rolling you're their motiva- eyes. Now, here's the thing. Not that you're a motivational speaker, but you're a motivational person. You're a manager. Yeah. You manage human beings for a living. You understand what it is to get engagement. Yeah. There's no engagement there. No, and I he's, see a he's room that, kid, that has already stopped paying attention. He's, he's that kid who's like he 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 thinks he thinks he needs to be cool to lead. So he does things like cursing, right? Like that speech that we watched, the very first speech they opened with him after the Ravens game. It was probably a, a, a solid eight or nine f bombs or says shit or things like that. Like 
but they didn't make sense in context, right? Chris, it would like, be like Reed trying to swear. Yeah. Imagine comes Reed... off as this guy who doesn't normally talk that way, who all of a sudden talks that way because he thinks he's relating to me as whatever, right? An African-American football player. So, so like, hang on, Chris. So if Reed were to walk in here right now and go, fuck you guys, I'm angry. Neither one of us would be, like, we'd be nonplussed about his anger, and we would more just be like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, is everything all right at home? Like, what's happening? Right. To you? Why are yeah, you I get here? it. There's no Q42 on the shelf. <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. And so to watch this, and then you see how they got here. We ordered pizza. We ordered pizza in. Why? Because the Kia boys got my wife's vehicle today, <laughs> and I was running a little late. This is a positive show, Drew. This is a positive show. Yeah, if I was going to say, if we could go back to zero of the week right now, fucking Kia boys, I swear <laughs> to God, you, those, you think you're cute on TikTok? I'll get you. Oh, I'll get you. I swear to God. Either way. Either way. Because we don't want to go around. I don't want to say something like what I texted you, yeah. and then have that happen and be like, "Well, now I have not in an alibi." <laughs> this is all terrible. So, here's one of the interesting things, right? Like I talked about this, and this is where, like, like if if their faces didn't tell the story, some of the numbers do. Hill Tyreek Hill finishes this game with negative zero point one yards over yards after the catch over expected. Yeah. What that tells you is that he's a player who did not, like. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yards after the catch over expected is a measurement that's supposed to say, okay, here's where we expect you to get hit because here's where the nearest defender is. If you get more than that, it means you made a great play. Mm -hmm. If you finish just negative of one, what that tells me is you didn't, you weren't a gross liability. You just also, when you got the ball, you didn't do anything extra. Yeah. And when you look at what the Dolphins offense was supposed to be, it was Tyreek Hill being the extra. He was supposed to be the thing, right? For, for, if you want to compare it, Khalil Shakir finished 6.9 yards per, yards after the catch per reception over expected. Yeah. Which, a massive game. One of these guys was the more explosive player. And one of them was the focal point of the whole, like that right there tells you, you targeting him 13 times. And him being a non-explosive player for you, probably a mistake. Yep. That's probably something that's going to bite you in the ass. How about this? No other Dolphins wide receiver was targeted enough to qualify for those statistics. So let's just take that there. 
he had more targets than the rest of the team combined. Yeah. Which tells you when things got deep late and for some reason inexplicably in the second half when their coach said, hey, fuck the run game. We're not going to let our running back, who's crushing the NFL in yards per attempt, he's set, literally set a rookie record. Yep. Let's not let him get involved, and instead let's throw the ball. And it's only going to be Tua. Situationally, we might find a Barrios. Situationally, we might try to find a... a Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe or somebody. <laughs> anybody. Tua targeted eight different players. Four of them finished with single-digit yardage. That's pathetic. Yeah. Meanwhile, you look at the way that we orchestrated our game. Dalton Kincaid, 7 of 8 for over 80. Diggs, 7 of 8 for over 80. Shakir, 6 of 6 for over 100. We took our weapons and said, hey, all of you are going to play a role. We have a... Dawson Knox with a touchdown catch. Dawson Knox with a touchdown catch. Reggie Gilliam could have had a touchdown catch on that fucking play where he threw the pick where it's like he's, he's right there. James Cook could have had a touchdown catch. You have options. We, for all of the talk about how smart Mike McDaniel is, our offense was the more well-orchestrated and more well-composed and the more well-conceived one. And that right there should be a fireable offense. Mm -hmm. It won't be. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) Not not yet. I mean, hey, you know, Bill, Bill Belichick might be looking for a job. Don't, don't put it past Stephen Ross. There was intent with the way we used our skill players. And when you looked at the way Miami did things, they said, there's Tyreek Hill and there's everybody else. Yeah. And then the one guy that they had that was working in HN, they said, hey, we don't need him. I don't think it's that they don't need him. I think their coach panics. I think that he has drank his own Kool-Aid for too long. I think he believes that he's smart enough to orchestrate a passing attack out of nothing. He trusts Tua too much. He trusts Hill too much because it's worked. It's like that thing when you like you only have this is a baseball analogy. You'll appreciate it yep. as a guy who played a little bit of baseball. When you're a pitcher who only has two pitches, you trust those things intrinsically and you do you, you don't do well when someone comes to you like you know how to throw a curve. Mm-hmm. You just don't like doing it. Yeah, they know how to run the ball. They just don't like it. Yeah. So in that analogy, it's like bases loaded. And your they back's go, against the wall. You're going to go to your fastball because that's your best pitch. He goes, and well, that, I, got a, I got a great four seam. Yeah. Fine. All right. I'll throw the four seam. It's almost Regardless like McDaniel, of whether or not that guy can knock it out of the park, you want that four seam it, because it's what you know. Yeah, it's almost like McDaniel's just like he knows he knows that Josh can score in a hurry. And he knows that, you know, that Allen can take over a football game at any moment in time. So how do I keep him from doing that? Most coaches would say, we'll just keep him off the field, keep the ball out of his hands, we'll run the football. McDaniel's like, no, we've got the lead, let's just go get a bigger lead. Yep, and and, we'll, and you see that pressure. It's killed him in every single one of these matchups against Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. It's the reason that we've flummoxed him now, what is it, three times in four tries? He's Who's that, one, McDaniel? McDaniel is so one. They played him three times last year, right? So they played him three times last year, twice hey, this year. So hey. five, five games. And we have and they, lost they've one. won four out of the five. Yeah. yeah, and it's because he outsmarts himself. Well, now, if you think about Allen against the Dolphins all all time, who did, was it? McKenzie threw the ball into the dirt. Yes, last two years ago. Yep. And then uh, last year was the uh, that was the Heat game. Last year was the Heat game. Yeah. Yep. Where we missed on a throw, we had yep. a shot. So if you think about it, two throws, 
Josh Allen could be undefeated all time against the Dolphins. Did they like hit on his mom or something? Like what happened that he just hates? He finds a better gear against this team. Yeah. Like at this time, you, we, we talk about how it's schematic. We talk about the, I think at this point it's personal. <laughs> he, he, just, he certainly plays like it's personal. I mean, he plays like he, you know, like he's got something to prove and Miami's the team that he's just going to prove it against. And, and to back up my my point that there's no scheme here for as much as people like to talk about McDaniel being smart, not a single Dolphins wide receiver or tight end beside Tyreek Hill had double-digit yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're not smart. And I'm tired of acting like you are. It's a th- I'm tired of pretending that this guy is somebody. I can't wait for them to go to Kansas City and just get washed. Yeah. It's that team looks like a team that's just waiting to quit. Yeah. What? You brought in some street free agents to play yeah. starting outside linebacker for you on both sides. So Bruce Irvin and uh, Justin Houston. Nice pass rush from 2019. Yeah, I was going to say, if, no, no, but farther back. If you want to go Might back to like further. 15, yeah. Yeah. now they're in their prime. Holy so, shit. So, Chris, you were talking about Josh Allen versus Miami. Right? Yeah. So here's the stats in Josh Allen's career against Miami. He's got a 10 and 2 record, 3,947 total yards, 39 total touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 109.2 passer rating. Well, and this is what I would say. Fangio doesn't escape my criticism either because fuck that guy too with his stupid. He's got no, hat. He's got nothing for Allen. He with never his, has with his stupid bucket hat. Where earlier this season, before the first time we throttled him, he he made the mistake of saying into a microphone. Well, you can't just have big plays. You got to have good, good plays all the time. Oh, good. We'll throttle you in front of the whole country, asshole. So, so guess badly. What? We'll do it again. So badly that the next time they asked him about Josh Allen, what do you call him? Yeah. John Elway on steroids. Yeah, he goes. All right, maybe last time I <laughs> maybe last time I spoke out of out of school that was bad. Look at this. Maybe easier, easier by injuries. I understand. Can't pretend that's not a factor. Sure. Eli Apple. <laughs> he tried to run that pick back into the end zone. You saw it. He wanted to. He wanted to score a self an own goal in football so badly on that play. Fuck him. He's stupid. You can't put him anywhere near a football team, and they're gonna start him again this week against Kansas City and, and Patrick Mahomes, who <laughs> just has to be licking his chops. He goes, "Oh, I remember that guy. He sucks." Yeah, he's the I, one. He's the one we victimized last year when he was playing for Cincinnati. I beat his ass before. This is hilarious. Yep. <laughs> it's and I, I'm gonna and I'm gonna do it with Mecole Hardman or whoever they're gonna trot out a wide receiver. Eli week. Apple and his stupid mom can kick all the rocks. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm petty. I don't forget the social. I don't forget and. Also, Josh is 4-0 against Jalen Ramsey ever since he called him trash in that GQ magazine thing. Yep. How fitting is that, Chris? <laughs> you said it one time. He's us. He's petty. Yeah. He yeah. goes, oh, that guy's on the field? It's almost like he turns into Popeye, and his muscles get bigger, and he goes, oh, watch this. I'm going to steamroll half your front seven. Why? <laughs> because fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Ramsey. You remember that thing you said? And he goes, Josh, that was years ago. It don't matter. You said it. Yep. Spikes of football at his feet. Ugh. And our de- our defense deserves all the flowers. Absolutely. Like Sean McDermott. And Sean McDermott deserves all the flowers for what he did with the defense this week. He 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 knew after that first half, okay, we're not going to win this way. They're eating us alive. It's what's keeping them in the game is their ability to get an early pass and then rush for seven. Fine. 
We'll take it away. Well, them taking it away, but having athletes. This is the difference. There's a lot of defenses that can go single high safety look, and you say, okay, now's our opportunity to pass. We know that we can get an easy one of those linebackers because they're too close to the line of scrimmage. Except we've got athletes. We've got coverage athletes all over our defense. That's a Sean McDermott. Like, that's a Sean McDermott saving right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you, you talk about injuries, right? And it's Trey White goes down. Okay, so we'll go out. We'll trade for Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas goes down. No problem. Dane Jackson. We have and, Dane Jackson. Or, or as Paul refers to him as, is get it right, Dane motherfucking Jackson. He had a great point. pass break up in that game. He like, did. Was... He had a great game. And then you, you lose Matt Milano, who's arguably the linchpin of your defense. Okay, we'll slide in. You know, I've got a Terrell Bernard. Yeah, we'll slide in Terrell, or T- Tyrell Dodson. He's been playing well over the last couple weeks. Damn, okay. he goes down. No problem. Bale Inspector. Bale Inspector's Boom. here. Like, and Inspector makes a tackle for loss, and yes. I go, ow! Yeah, because, and, and what he recognized in that situation was, I've got two guys, right? If, if Dodson goes down, I've got two guys. i got Bale Inspector, and i got Dorian Williams. Dorian Williams might be a guy that I play against Pittsburgh. Because he's hyper aggressive, he's gonna attack, he's gonna make you know, make a read. But you know who I need against Miami, who loves to run misdirection, who loves to run the zone plays? I need a guy who's just gonna be in the right spot and isn't really fast enough to over pursue. So Bale Inspector, get in here. Right? And the first play he was in, makes the wrong read, boom, he he recovers, makes a backside tackle, keeps it from a first down. Then he has a tackle for loss. After that point, it's like didn't even recognize he was out there. Nope. They did a phenomenal job with the defense in the second half. Their coverages, you, we were talking about Taylor Rapp and this idea that like he just shaded a little bit outside yeah. on that game-sealing pick. But the, in a game of inches, Taylor Rapp lining up just a few yards off the spot that you expect him to be, you as an offensive coach need to see that and communicate that to your quarterback pre-snap. You didn't see it. You didn't know about it. You had no spotters. You had no eyes on it because you're on the sideline calling the plays. You don't know that he's lined up awkwardly. So you only know after you look at the tablet and go, oh, Sean McDermott got me. Yep. Because you didn't have Tyreek Hill on the field. You still wanted, because it is your proclivity, to go for it. Yep. So you took a shot to a guy in Chase Claypool who... Who's on his third team in two seasons. He, he just has no fight. They tried to turn him into a tight end. And, and and that's that's so the beauty again of of Sean McDermott, who's got three veteran safeties. Yes, that he's like, you know what? No problem. If you want to throw the ball, I've got two guys I can play deep in wrap and hide that play center field great, and I've got a guy in Jordan Poyer who I'll drop in the box. Go ahead and run. Yep. And so when that play happens, and you watch Claypool take a sloppy route. Yep. And he kind of rounded it, rounded that off. And it's a yeah. diving interception, but it's. All set up by the fact that Rap started out of position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, those are the thing. It's the game inside the game, to your yeah. point. And it's also, in a game of inches, our coach is just a few inches better than that guy every single time. Every time we line up, we're just a few inches better. At a certain point, that gets old with the locker room, and you watch this Dolphins team fold, and I can't wait to see what happens to him this week. I really can't. I'm happy that we're the ones who get to do it to him. And in the meantime, we're watch. the ones that sent you to Cincinnati don't, or uh, Kansas City. Don't forget who sent you there. Yeah. And then at the same time, watching Josh Allen run across that football field and celebrate in a stadium full of Bills fans. Yeah. It's like, that's special, man. Yeah. Like, this was some special shit that we got to watch. And that's why he's my hero of the week. Don't take it personally, all right? 
franchise star players are a lot like Highlanders. There can only be one. I think you got that wrong. You don't win this game if you swap quarterbacks. No. Uh-uh. You don't win this game if you gave me most quarterbacks currently in the AFC playoff field. No, I agree. You, there's, a, there, there's a singular guy who comes into a game like this and wins it for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did he create a lot of the problem? Absolutely. Did he also solve the problem he created? In fact, I identify a lot with that. Do I make messes? Obviously. Are all of my calls the best ones? Nah. Do I then pivot and make decisions that get me out of the situations I've created? Of course. I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't. Or not even decisions. Just like, can I do things physically that just nobody else can do? And I'm just going to go will myself. And I talked about this in the the pregame that we did on on Friday night on, on hashtag on YouTube. And I talked about, you know, the like keys to victory. And I said, I fully expect them to force feed digs early, which they did. I, because at the end of the day, right? Like that offense has two dudes. You got Josh Allen, you got Stefan Diggs. They're your dudes backs against the wall. Got to win for the season, for the division, for your playoff lives. I want to go down with my, with my dudes, right? Like I'm going to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands I'm going to say, you go do what you do, and we're going to live with the results. And you hope that he can kind of regulate himself to the point where he's going to come out early, he's going to make a couple mistakes, and he's going to go, you know what, I'm so much better in play action, I'm so much better when I'm on the move, I'm so much better when I just say, fuck it, you can't stop me, so I'm going to run on third and 13, (laughs) 13. and I'm going to have guys draped on me six yards from the first down and still get there because I just want it more than you do. When you watch Cater Kohu do the ole tackle to Josh Allen as he's running for that third and 13 first down, that's the moment right there you know the Dolphins are finished. Because their defensive players are so worried about the next play, they don't understand Allen doesn't care about tomorrow. No. He cares about right now. Yeah. We, I mean, I go back to that game, Chris, the, the Tennessee Titans. Remember where I said the payday? Mm-hmm. We, we were all afraid he'd take, he'd take some speed off his fast pitch. And instead, what we realized is him getting all that money just gave him carte blanche to be the richest guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. He's, he's like, I've got, a, I've got a death wish. I just need someone to fucking – who's willing to meet me? Well, there's a moment in the – there's a moment in the – No one ever is. Right, and, and there's a moment in that um, Hard Knocks where Jerome Baker goes up to – I think it was Christian Wilkins before that drive before the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is where Josh likes to run. Says it verbatim. And then the voiceover, Leif Schreiber voiceover comes in and goes – Knowing what's coming and stopping it are two different things. <laughs> and he just takes off on that on that first down play where he's just like, nothing's there. Fuck it. I'm just going to go. You and you and you. I don't care. Yeah. I've got you. I've got you. You're all my size. Yeah. I'll see you in hell. Yeah. Jerome Baker. That's cute. Arm tackle me. Let's see how that works out for you. And I'm going to run for another 15 yards and break your and dislocate your wrist while I'm at yes. it. Yes. Chris, I'll you, say it again. You think I'm wrong? You were wrong. Who? The hero of the game wasn't even there. Okay. The hero of the game is Ty Dunn. <laughs> Rallied the troops. Rallied the troops. Rallied the troops. With his article. <laughs> I love it. You know how mad Mark Smith is hearing this? Punching air. He's punching air. <laughs> yeah. Ty Dunn, he's the real hero. That's who that, deserves flowers. Yeah. No one's going to talk about it. We, Ty Dunn railing the troops. We just watched 
the best player at his position be the best player on a football field for two quarters. And that's all it took was a timely special teams play. I mean, I was going to say Deontay Hardy. I don't want to leave without saying this. I've railed the entire season. Why is this guy here? But it's one of those moments. It's like, uh, it, it's like the, you're a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. It's like the Marvel universe where you're like, I don't even know why you're in the party. I don't know why you're a part of our crew. And then there's that one moment where it makes a difference Yeah, in the moment against the big bad. This guy has a critical role to play, and it's a 30-second job, but it doesn't matter because it turns the tide. That's why you've kept that guy around, and yeah. you dragged him along on your team for so long. That's Hardy. And, and again, we talked about it with, with Elf, right? Like, you're not supposed to field that pu- that punt. No, like, you're not you're supposed, not supposed to, to catch that ball at the five-yard line. If you do, you fair catch it, and you just go, okay, I just want to make sure it and, doesn't... And if you do, you fair catch it because you were told to fair catch it, yes. right? Like, you don't catch that ball and go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go the distance. And 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 keep, and and let's give Puna Ford some credit. Yeah, getting downfield. sprung that. <laughs> He had he was on that punter man like he was a beef brisket. Guys, you we've talked about this. I used to be 5'11", 330 pounds. <laughs> There's no way You're that I'm running twenty yards already on a punt. <laughs> Chris, can you imagine me in my beefcake fucking mode running downfield? Anywhere, Chris, can you picture Drew now? I used running to sweat. Downfield. <laughs> okay, Morrisville State College. I used to break out Go in ponies. a sweat from the time I walked in the front door. I lived in room 201. Or no, 208. 208 Hellier. I used to walk up the stairs. It was one flight of stairs. And I would have sweat on my brow <laughs> when I got to the top of that flight of stairs at 340 pounds. You mean to tell me this guy ran how far? Yeah. Holy shit. He's hucking downfield to be the only man between Deontay Hardy and the punter. <laughs> God bless him. Now, let's be honest. Deontay Hardy probably beats the punter in that situation, but you got to love, you you love, love a big man downfield. You got to love a big man getting in there. So, obviously, like we love all of this, but you know who the zero is? Oh, you didn't think this was coming? The pettiest podcast of all time? The receipts, baby. The Zero is blowhard Dolphins fans and all of you national media jerks on social media. You folks fell on your face. You get an F minus in my book. Now, Chris, let's start at the beginning with this, because I'm I'm thinking about it from, from, from a standpoint of you've got Adam Beasley from Pro Football Network who tweeted out back on September 11th. Okay, now, now hang on, hang on. We all know that's a very important day to Sean McDermott. Yes. Does he you, celebrate? You can't make that. He celebrates privately. <laughs> he celebrates privately. <laughs> Congratulations to the 2023 AFC East champion Miami Dolphins. I can't even remember what happened in, Wait, in, what? In, on September 11th, 20, 2023. Like, it's what? because the Bills lost on Monday Night Football oh and they won. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Uh, outside linebacker Jalen Phillips ahead of this game on Instagram literally just put out the picture of Brian, Brian Cox, Cox giving everyone the finger. Fuck you, Jalen Phillips. I'm happy you're hurt. Yeah. Boo. I can't wait to throw something at you the next time I see you. Imagine that coming from a guy who's not even going to be out on the field. Yeah, you're not going to be out on the field to watch your team get bulldozed. Also, fuck Brian Cox and fuck you for posting that on social media. But you thought you were cute. How dare you? This is an 84 Honda. How dare you? <laughs> Some jerk who's running a fake Kevin Harlan account. 
How about this, Chris? Yeah. At least we won't have to listen to Bills fans complaining about the sun when we whoop that ass on Sunday Night Football when they announced it got flexed. Yep. You sure won't have to hear us complain about the sun. No, you won't. No, you will not. Uh, How about this? This chick, Ashley Baker from Fox Sports Radio. The window is closed. Bills will miss the playoffs, and McDermott is out as head coach. What's the date on that? August 2023. August 4th, 2023. Last edited, August 4th. Last edited. So she didn't even go (laughs) back. So she made a typo. So she made a typo, (laughs) went back and fixed it. This is a tweet you sent with full, like, hey. You said said that with your chest. That tweet came with her her chest. And then my favorite is about two weeks ago, she came back and retweeted and goes, don't y'all get in my mentions now and come on my radio show. And I go, oh, so you're trolling for attention. Yeah. But also, she got the attention, and apparently she was not thrilled. Yeah, who's the guy from Baltimore that did that? Yeah, uh, him? You, did, you did a whole show on him. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because he actually knows our friend, Ken McCusick, used, he still works in radio with that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that guy was going through a lot. His mom just died. Like, he was having a real tough time. And I think he just lashed out at your fan base, not expecting what. And I go, no, 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 but you have to expect. You got to know. That a group common. of people who have this much angst built up yeah. are going to be petty and we're not going to let it go. No. We chase them off social media. Yeah. For a period of time. Yeah. This chick comes back and goes, ah, don't y'all come at me in my mentions, reminding us that she said it. She's seeking engagement. Oh, so yeah. I think people pretty much ignored her. But the ones that I did see her get, I'm like, yeah, you didn't want that. No, that's not the engagement you were looking for. Nope. <laughs> How about Nikki Smokes? Let's, oh, let's, this guy. Let's all tune in to hear Nikki Smokes' thoughts. So what's the date on that? January 7th? This was, yeah. this was during the Titans game. This this tweet two twenty six during the Titans game two twenty six p.m. Congrats to the Bills on officially being playoff bound. Enjoy the highlight of your day while you can. So this was when uh, right around the time that the Titans took a two touchdown lead against the Jags because yes. somebody commented and said not yet the Titans just fumbled that punt. Yep. So this was right before you know Jags came back and made it a game. Chris, his next tweet, if you will. And, and right before you read this, Bills fans, <laughs> and, and before you read this, Bills fans, how much does this resonate with where we were as fans like six seasons ago? All us diehard fans have been abused for over 20 years, and no matter how good we think we are, it's never enough. The pain is indescribable. I'm numb. Haven't felt like this since my grandmother's funeral. I hate sports. And that's what I talked about at the beginning of the show. Are we the dragon? Because isn't this how we we felt about the Patriots? Bills fans felt like this. I could see you making this tweet about the Patriots. And Drew, read that first comment under it. <laughs> Best season 40 years and we were a 60. <laughs> That's the cool. That's the comment right there. The best season we've had in forty years, and we're the sixth seed. So, some guy named Marcus Evening had some dumb shit to say. This is where we get into like the fan base. The fan base was also delusional. This guy Marcus Evening, he goes by Evening Tonight Two on Twitter, says with the Ravens resting starters next week, the Steelers will win. When the Dolphins defeat the Bills next week, and they will. They will not only win the division, but knock Bills completely out of the playoffs. One final middle finger to the hashtag Buffalo Bills. We've owned them all season. You lost to us in blowout fashion before. So, so, so again, you've deluded yourself into believing it can happen. 
Chris, you want to go to the next my, slide? My favorite part of this one before we move on, my favorite part of this one is well, hang on. this is the only one that was deleted. Now, because she grabbed a screenshot of it. He that. not just deleted it, he deleted his entire Twitter. Oh, even better. He just quit even social better. media after Even tweeting. better. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, you think I'm done. Big E, Dolphins fan of the year, guy with sideline credentials. He's met the players. He's awesome. Says, hold on, please. I'm getting a call. And it says potential fraud with a Bills logo. (laughs) That was October 22nd, 2023. Chris, what was his next tweet? Good. Oh, yeah. That was 8 a.m. on January 8th, 2024. Says, good morning. That's all I've got at the moment. (laughs) Hashtag fins up. (laughs) Where's your positivity now, dickhead? No, he seems like a nice guy. I actually, I'm, I, I have a hard time being mean to him, and yet I'm going to yeah. because I'm not great. Keith McClendon is this guy. Guys, at Keith, M-C-C-L-E-N-D-O 55 on Twitter. Please go peruse this man's Twitter feed if you want to see what I have to assume he's under the influence most of the time, the way the tweets are written, the way they're contrived, the way they're... First of all, he tweets out on January 7th. He says, Matt Ryan and Josh Allen are the same. That's a thing. What's next, Chris? Tua is a pro bowler. Josh Allen is not. Tua is an Excalibur thrower. Josh Allen is not. Tua can throw a beautiful deep ball. Josh Allen cannot. It's simple. It's Tua Tungvaloa over Josh Allen. Now, scroll down. What time and date was that? That was January 3rd at 9 o'clock at night. Now, a man took to Twitter, posted this, crafted what he thought was a banger. (laughs) Now, what was his next? What's his next tweet here, Chris? Josh Allen is my daddy. That was... (laughs) (laughs) 11.23 p.m. January 7th. You know what? I'll I'll give a guy like this credit for owning being wrong and just eating it. Because that tweet is just eating it, right? Like, that's just, I was wrong, and this is my penance. Now, Chris, skip the next one and go to the yeah, that one. Next, oh, wait a minute. Is that me? Oh, is that you? Oh, is that oh, me? Oh, that's not Drew. Because I will say this. We do honest radio over here, and if I'm going to talk shit, I'm going to own my own nonsense. 10.26 p.m. January 7th, I tweeted out, for all my complaints about McDermott, he and Josh Allen fucking deserve each other with a million laughing emojis. And then I said, but hey, playoffs, am I right? Oh, with a gif of a woman just screaming, you both suck. Was that during the game? That was Drew? during the game. Drew! <laughs> <laughs> and that was 10.26 p.m. That was after a halftime, Drew. <laughs> this was after you had gotten thrown out of our group chat. Yes, and, and I, I had nowhere to go but Twitter. This was I around one of the time I texted you and said, how are you holding up, big guy? I'm like Clayton Bigsby. If you have hate in your heart, you got to let that hate <laughs> out. I had to find an outlet, and I took to Twitter. Chris, the next tweet. If you will, I owned it at 1.08 a.m. as I was in my basement drinking a freshly cracked bottle of Blanton's. I've been all over Josh and McD tonight. Critical where it was due despite the outcome, and yet they 100% earned the outcome. It's wild to me that we have a head coach and quarterback who can make that many mistakes and then still win what was a prize fight for a title. Talent is better than luck. Bang! I'm giving them their flowers after my fourth glass of whiskey. It took a while. 
you, know, you got there. I got there. <laughs> Much like a lot of things in your life, you got there. But obviously, the rest of Bill's Mafia was pretty. Chris, out of these, which is your favorite? Pick a couple. I mean, the McClendon ones. Okay, so out of these last couple, because we've got some some Greg Thompson, we've got some everybody. If you just want to cycle through some of these and read your favorites. <laughs> There's uh, Dolphin fans currently. <laughs> Ride only stops in an emergency. Crying is not an emergency. <laughs> Dolphin yeah. fans think they won the AFC East in week five of the Undertaker and AJ Styles. My my favorite one. I saw one similar to that, but it was uh, <laughs> this one. This was, one's my favorite. The, the one, the one that just I, a kid. Yeah, just the, the a dolphin, the kid. like a kid in a dolphin's uniform, just pointing. Going, they turned on Nate Geary, Chris. They turned on I, Nate I don't Geary. Think, I don't think there's many people turning on Nate. That's true. Nate Nate is the anti-hero of Bills Mafia. They they love to hate Nate. Was our listeners and Nate watched, is embracing the role, which I very much appreciate out of him. Well, as our listeners just look at this montage, those of you, well, listeners, those of you watching on YouTube see this montage of petty tweets from Bills fans. I guess where it ends up is me, because if you want to scroll up on that one just a hair, let's see if I, I basically told, now, a guy we were replying to literally deactivated his Twitter account. He's no a Dolphins fan who's no longer a part of this Twitter world because of this game. Josh Houts is the blue check marks that are erasing their Twitter. Yeah, Josh Houts <laughs> is a blogger. He he's well known in Dolphins fandom. He says it's all I want. Us licking their tears like when Cartman turned that kid from South Park's parents into chili. And I told him I go clearly we want the same thing from you. It's the best. We've all got receipts burning holes in their pockets and we just want This is the pettiness bowl. Welcome. And then I think of Bruce Buffer. And did I or did I not hit them? With the Cartman just drinking that kid's tears. I go, guys, 48 hours later, this is still delicious. Scott Tennerman. <laughs> Chris, your final thoughts as we wrap this thing. Beat Pittsburgh. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll echo Chris. It's great. Four, four years in a row, you're to the top of the division. You're officially the new Patriots. The division goes through Buffalo, and, you know, to beat beat the king you, you, or, uh, to, to be the king, you got to beat the king, as McDaniel said in his, uh, in his speech. So you but, want to be uh, the man, you got to beat the man like Ric Flair. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you go lay an egg against Pittsburgh, what was this all for? Right? Like, you go get the two seed for the opportunity to play two, at least two home playoff games, potentially a third if Cleveland and Baltimore run into each other, which let's just talk about what divisional weekend could look like for the NFL. Where you've got could be wild. Divisional weekend, you've got Bills, Kansas City. The first time that Patrick Mahomes is going to play a road game in the playoffs comes into Buffalo. You've got Cleveland, Baltimore. You've got potentially the Rams and the Niners, and you've got the Cowboys and the Eagles. And we're going to party like it's nineteen ninety (laughs) nine. Imagine the NFL just has to be absolutely salivating at the opportunity for that to be the divisional weekend. But again, it doesn't matter. If you went and got the two seed, if you went and got the division, McDermott, go do the thing. This is what you get the two seed to do is the thing. Go do it. We just watched one of the great happenings. Like this is this is a game that my kids will rewatch on NFL Network. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I was pumped to be a fan of that team. There are hopeful. Like hopefully, this is a year, Chris. You remember the VHS cassettes? Yeah, all I've I kept got thinking of the, the the yearbooks. Yeah, Sports Illustrated. Those. Sports Illustrated yeah. used to make the video yearbook. Mm, no, or who made them? 
I, I forget the. No, you would get uh, them when you'd order Sports Illustrated. You'd get the. You'd get. I the, bought them at the video store. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Well, you probably did, but that doesn't mean Sports Illustrated didn't make they it. They had Sports Illustrated. I know it had nothing to do with them. Google it then. F- fucking prove me wrong. In the meantime, my dad had the video yearbooks of the Super Bowl years. And now I understand why. Like, I used to question, like, I'd watch them, and I'd be like, why does my dad have a VHS tape of the Bills just being awesome? Like, that's cool, but they're not awesome now. Yeah. Like, now it sucks. Because he lived that. that yeah. he, he, it's a time capsule for him, and he gets to go back and remember that. I'll tell you what, right now, what we've gotten to see is a coach who's building his own time capsule. And we're not going to, you only get those, I think you only get those when you attend a Super Bowl. Or if you do something, like, <laughs> I don't even think they do them anymore, but if they did. It's from NFL Films. Okay. So this is where I would want to be a part of that. I would want one of those of this season, the way it's gone, the emotional, the highs, the lows, the valley that you and I were in sitting here talking about firing McDermott to where we are sitting here today. It's why I had you in. I want to be wrong. Look, this really, is it. I, I really, want to be wrong. I want to be wrong about Sean McDermott. I we really have, do. We, we've experienced the peaks and valleys of this season together, and now we're we're coming up the other side going, who? Who's better? I, who, Just be better. We know we have that fear of any given Sunday it could be our ass. Yeah. At the same time, right now, who in the NFL is better? It, yeah, I mean, you, you look at you, – we talked about it a couple times tonight. Like Josh Allen, first quarterback, 350, 65, 75% completion percentage. He's the best player on the planet when that's the guy that he is. What? I don't care about Patrick Mahomes. I don't care about Lamar Jackson. I don't oh. care about anybody in the NFC. Josh Allen is the best player on the planet when he's playing like that. And if he says at the end of last game in his press conference, the last two drives of the game, the ball was spinning out of my hands better than it has all season – that's a that's a problem for the NFL if that's the Josh Allen that we're going to get his second half against the Dolphins, Josh Allen. I want to close with an analogy. It's a simple one and quick. The movie Billy Madison. Billy Madison has to go back to school as an adult to try to earn his father's fortune. I know, exactly, one of the, I know exactly what scene you're going to tell. It's one of the dumbest. About. It's one of the dumbest films I've ever seen in my entire life. It's stupid. The plot line you is still moronic. watch it at least once a year. At, at least once a year, <laughs> I still watch it. There's a moment where he gets knocked out of dodgeball. Yeah. Right? This one? This is a guy who has scored more touchdowns than anybody else in the NFL by a wide margin. And the only thing you can say to detract from him is his turnovers. If the day ever comes where he turns that off, it's Billy Madison learning that he can catch that ball and... Just dominate a bunch of children, and you're all in a lot of trouble. Now you're all in big, big trouble. And that's where we leave this. Guys, this has been a phenomenal week. It's been a phenomenal season. It's been a crazy end to it. And I'm happy that you all stuck with us through the ups and the downs, the drunken rantings, the ravings, the producer talent fights. But for tonight, we got to get out of here. We have the playoffs in front of us. And that's, I guess, enough for now. Playoffs. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Ryan Lasel. And this has been your Rock Pop Report.